welcome to Too Many Cooks, a podcast where we explore recipes written by your favorite chefs and try them out in our own home kitchens. It's like a book club, but for recipes. This week, we're discussing James Beard Award winner and chef you should definitely know, Kwame Anwachi and his Grandma Cassie's Shrimp Etouffee. This recipe also has set a record for the easiest recipe we've highlighted on the podcast with the flavors to match. We're also joined by my husband, Ben, a former bartender who also loves the flavors of New Orleans and found a cocktail that pairs incredibly well with our etouffee. So stick around to hear three friends talk about great chefs, great food, yummy drinks, and inexplicably video games. So join us as we talk about Kwame Anwachi's Grandma Cassie's Shrimp Etouffee. Um, okay, so etouffee means smothered. <laughs> I can see <laughs> it's that. From, it's from French. Um, it it literally means smothered or suffocated from the vo- from the verb étouffer, but the the word étouffer, <laughs> étouffer, I don't know, I don't speak <laughs> French, um, is like stuffed or stifled, um, but yeah, it just means smothered. So that's exciting. Yeah, stop étouffering me. <laughs> stop étouffering me. <laughs> I'm gonna have to start saying that. My, I mean, there's like a running joke in my family that like I can't remember what shithead thing I was doing, but my mom like commented on something that were like. Like, I thought she was critiquing some art I was doing. And mm-hmm. I was like, you're stifling my creativity. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> and this was last week you did this? Yeah. This was last week. This is when I was making the etouffee. My mom came in and was like, needs more paprika. And I was like, get out of here, mom. <laughs> get out of here, Because that's what you sound like. You're yeah. smothering me. Yeah. it's ex- Well, I mean, not far. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> we should line the audio up side by side and see how far off I was. <laughs> how dare you. <laughs> goodness um no i'm really excited about today because i i was just re-listening to an interview i ha- i i had can you fucking imagine oh, i have to re- i have to say that again i was just re-listening to an interview i had heard previously with um chef kwame Anwachi and like it he is like one of the more i don't know charismatic chefs that i've ever heard interviewed he's just like seems like a pretty cool guy um Oh, before we get into that, though. Okay, I have to... I think I have to go first, though, with the best thing I ate this week, because it was this morning, and it was just my sister's chocolate chip cookies. Like, oh, those nice. shits... Oh, my God, Dave. Those I think so you've told good. me in the past that she makes incredible chocolate chip cookies. And this woman... Well, I'm angry at her like, right now. Why? Because she's clearly trying to kill her entire yeah. family with heart disease and (laughs) heart attacks yeah joe's joe's doing eight iterations of the milk bar pie right now where we're trying she's trying to make it less sweet i mean so she basically like took the whole pie um like filling and portioned it out maybe she doubled it but she portioned it out into eight instead of two (laughs) and is just like she added um, some things and took things away. So like added okay. honey powder and took sugar out, added buttermilk powder, added the cream out or took the cream yeah, out. Like, just don't touch the milk powder. Milk powder is, it's critical, right? She had the milk powder and she had the corn. She did the, do the frozen corn, corn powder. Um, okay. no, but she is just like such, she has like the best cookies ever. And they're of a riff off of what my mom used to make. They're just kind of like this, like improved iteration of, um, of these cookies and the irony is that it's just it, like my mom's version was a riff off of the back of like Crisco shortening mm-hmm. had a like just kind of gave you the proportions and then my mom was like I think I want to add this and this and this and this like so like I'll add walnuts I'll add 
more flour aisle, less flour aisle, and more eggs. Yeah. And so Joe is like, yeah, I'll give you the recipe. Wink. And like, oh. <laughs> and I'm like, but I travel. I need to recreate these. And she's like, or you just need me. And I'm like, I want the <laughs> recipe. Very so, so I, yeah, she's like, when I die, I'll give everybody Jeez. my recipe. I'm like, I'm like, but you'll. But you'll still omit something and be like, Mwahaha, yeah, exactly. I added more vanilla. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and you'll find out like, when you die. When you die, yeah, we'll be like haunting this. <laughs> I don't know. We'll be haunting each other, basically being like, ooh, what's the recipe? Well, now I really want Did to try you... these cookies. Oh, they're so good. I'll I'll see if I can. Maybe she can ship them or something, or or I can, yeah. or I can just like stalk her. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it's so funny because like she doesn't have an oven right now. For various reasons. And so she brought this, like, instead of making it at my mom's house, she made batter at her house, brought it, like, refrigerated that's, it, brought it. So no one could see and steal the... No <laughs> that's very funny. See. No, I don't think it was as sinister as that, but I'm, I think I, maybe... Let's say it was. Yeah, let's just, let's go with that. <laughs> well, no, I'm glad she did just... it for all for science. Uh, the, yeah, all the for science. Stuff. That's great. Well, we're eating it tonight. It's We're celebrating my mom's birthday tonight. I'm making... Um, um, homemade pasta, and she's making um, beef short ribs, and Joe is doing the milk bar pie. Very nice. So we're going to be tr- doing, like, flights of milk bar <laughs> Yeah. That's awesome. All right, what about you? Uh, I have no idea. Um, and so, <gasps> but I did, I, I wanted to kind of switch this around and ask you, um, and subsequently answer the question myself, what was the best <laughs> Christmas present that you got, since we are recording this kind of few days after Christmas. Yeah. What's the best Christmas present I got? I got so many awesome... I got... I, I think... <laughs> so I got a pasta maker, like a, a legit like attachment to the KitchenAid, because I had kind of a... a training... I was going to say training bra. <laughs> what is the... What is the, like... Training wheels. <laughs> a my training bra, bra pasta maker. Uh, a my first pasta maker. That's what you, what you have. Oh, I'm going to keep this in. Oh, 100%. Training bra, yeah, training bra pasta maker of um, that you like, it's like a crank, but the crank would always fall out and you mm-hmm. couldn't, it didn't actually like fit onto the countertop. It was miserable. Um, so I like looked at Ben and was like, can I get a real pasta maker? And so he got, he just went all like, he went all out. He got me a pasta maker. He got me ravioli stamps. Like, so nice. instead of having to yeah, cut, yeah. you just go stamp, stamp, stamp. I'm so excited for those. He got me an accordion cutter where basically it has like pizza, five pizza wheels on like an accordion and you can uh, just fix so you go size. straight all the way through that's fantastic you just go straight all the way through and so you can make like pastries and danishes and whatever i'm so excited for that and i got a like a pasta drying rack so i'm gonna play with the, all that but the best thing like the other thing is my mom's really a beautiful artist and so she um painted a bunch of seashells that she had found on cape cod for me oh, and they're so just sweet. incredible and so that's like those are the two. Ex- oh, and a ring light. And a ring light for um, all of our food photos. So um, our, hopefully our food photos are going to be a little bit more elevated. But I still don't know how to use it because I'm not like, I'm not that kind. I'm not a good millennial. I'm like, <laughs> <that millennial. laughs> we'll get you a training bra to, to figure it yeah, out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I said that. Okay. What about you? What's your Christmas present? So, um, and, and the, one of the reasons I thought about it too is that when I was cooking the shrimp etouffee, I was using one of one of my favorite presents that I received. And I actually, I, I got it about a month ago. Uh, but Jess got me a really nice set of knives. 
Um, oh, great. And so, and they are exclusively my knives. Nobody else is allowed to use Good. them or even touch them or, or anything like that. Um, <laughs> and, and there's a reason for this, because in the past, uh, I, I've definitely walked in on like Jess using like a a, <laughs> a bread knife just to no. put like cream cheese on a bagel no! or, you know, basically like I have this really nice, like big butcher knife and she's using it <laughs> to, to like open up a pomegranate as opposed to just using like a paring knife or something like that. And so, Oh my God. Are you, but you know, the, but you know, the mentality, bless her heart <laughs> is, Oh, I use this, I use this bread knife to open the, to cut the bagel. I'm not going to dirty another knife. True. You know, true. Like, yeah. But, <laughs> no, but I feel like also, but it's like, It'll be a bagel that is just you separate it automatically. It's just like a like a, <laughs> it's a pretty, you know, she didn't cut it, so she just purposely like. Or we this happens with cheese too, where we I have specific. Mm. I have like a soft cheese knife and a and a hard cheese knife and everything. Yeah. And it's just like oh, I'm, I'm just gonna grab the steak knife or, or whatever. So um, no, you need the the tool for the job. Exactly, exactly. So <laughs> That's this so funny. So this and the knives are incredible to use. I in fact again specifically yesterday because I made the shrimp etouffee, and then I made a side dish uh, with it. Mm -hmm. So I was cutting a lot of peppers, onions, and celery for both. And it's such a pleasure just using these knives. And so fortunately, I've had them for um, a little over a month now because she kind of told me her idea, but she wanted, and she showed me the knives that she wanted to get, but she needed me to make sure that they were kind of suitable. And and so I found like the perfect little set. And so I've been using them for the past month. So so that, but I did get two other... um, podcast related christmas <gasps> gifts that i do need to highlight oh yeah uh, tell me one of which is a lovely uh butter ornament for the tree <laughs> for, <laughs> that <laughs> my wonderful co-host got me and um and it's very fitting that we gave each other like podcast like because <laughs> like, yeah. you didn't mention the special colette pan that, that uh you received oh, for, Dave, <laughs> for... <laughs> a fucking colette pan i have to interrupt so the colette pan is uh, spring form tart pan. Not a spring nope. form, just a tart pan. It, it says no, it on the label. It says Galette right there on the packaging. You wrote it in like a creepy serial killer. No, no, it definitely says. <laughs> <laughs> you like, there's like, I'll take a picture of it. It's so funny. I was like, oh, wait, there's no such thing as a Galette pan. And then I look and I'm like, this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could have seen uh, your reaction when you got it. I should have. We should have like an, un- what is it called? Like an, an unboxing. unboxing yeah. <laughs> um, and then also I, I did receive uh, from my, my wonderful friends a, a t-shirt uh, that says, what the fuck is a lard on uh, from, from episode one. And so, <laughs> uh, so that was, that was fantastic. And I wore that, like I, I washed it and immediately like put it on, like Took it out Good. of the dryer and then just like switch my shirt to to put it on. So, um, keep talking because I'm gonna I'm gonna find the artist who actually made it. Her um her Instagram is bellaruth.co. Um, her name is Kat McDaniel. If you're interested in uh, embroidery and macrame, she's like she's super talented. These are such gorgeous pictures. Bellaruth.co. Um, I I love that kind of stuff. Like I I cross stitch sometimes. Um, <laughs> and I yeah I just thought that that was just like such a clever thing and the. The quote is just like perfect. Like, what was it's, the other? There's apparently another quote that they were debating. <laughs> so they were thinking about um, uh, including something instead about <laughs> when I basically lashed out at butter churners for being lazy and not putting the salts directly into the butter uh, all the I don't time. Remember like, <laughs> I don't remember this. I don't remember this. I don't remember this. Yeah. So it was during one of the great butter debates, and um, 
<laughs> we probably have to narrow it down. I think it was during the first one. And so, uh, yeah. uh, I, <laughs> Nick texted me, I guess, while he was listening and he's just like, I like that you just take a random swipe at butter churners during the middle of that. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, well, somebody had to call those lazy bastards out. So <laughs> yeah, honestly, I know I was like, so I've been trying to think of what mine is and Joe's, Joe's is definitely luscious mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. I think I don't, I guess mine will just be preheat your oven, but I think I just don't have as many, I like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's, uh, we'll have I mean, to have the listeners tell, tell us, like, Yeah, what, what would Grace's shirt say? <laughs> Please submit. <laughs> Please submit answers. Um, no, I'm, I just love that kind of, I'm just so excited. It's our first merch. <laughs> yeah, that's no, great. And wearing it proudly, and it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, awesome. Okay, so I want to talk about this etouffee. Um, and I, I really want to talk about the chef who inspired this this episode. Um, so he is, I mean, he's super duper young. I think he's my age. I'm not that young. How old am I? <laughs> 31. Just kind of um, Yeah, no. Oh, my God. He is. <laughs> yeah, he is. Uh, he is. Oh, my God. I can't believe this. He is exactly my age. He was born eight days after me. Oh, wow. Um, 31. Maybe that's why I just have like this kindred like connection to him. Um, but basically, so, okay. Kwame Anwachi, he is a, um, Cajun and Nigerian, uh, chef. Um, he grew up in the Bronx. He was raised by his mother who was actually a caterer. She lost her job as an accountant and became a caterer. And the women actually on his like maternal, on his mother's side were all in the food industry to some respect. So like his grandmother had various like food and bar joints in Louisiana and his great grandmother had them in Texas, I believe. Um, but basically he was talking about how for, you know, decades, centuries, it was unsafe for black people to congregate and get together or go to bars or go to like restaurants without getting harassed. So there was like this culture of people opening up like juke joints or like, like, I don't know, food joints in their backyard or in their um, basement or whatever. And so there's, that's kind of the like the culture that he was raised in where it was just people opening their doors to feeding people. Um, so he, he grew up with the flavors of Cajun cuisine from his mom's side and Nigerian cuisine from his dad's side. Um, but you know, he even says, um, that growing up in the Bronx, he, it was, it's just like so easy to fall into the wrong crowd. Um, because you're just kind of left up to your own devices and there's like, you know, disenfranchisement and, you know, brutality all around you. Um, and so he started falling into the wrong crowd around age 10 and his mom actually kind of like she lied to him and said, you're going to go visit your grandfather in Nigeria, your dad's side for the summer, a couple weeks, whatever. And about um, two months into his trip <laughs> to <laughs> to Nigeria, um, he started realizing he's like, well, school's going to come out soon. School's starting soon. Like what what's going on? And she's like, yeah, you're staying. Mm. And he's like, I should have known by, by how much she was crying when she said goodbye. Um, and then this interviewer asked him, like, well, what did you think? Like, when you found out that it was going to be longer, he's like, well, I was 10, so I was pissed because the Harry Potter movie was coming out. <laughs> Priorities. <laughs> I was like, yes, Kwame. Chef Kwame, I love you. Um, anyway, he says that the time in Nigeria saved his life. He was there for two years. Um, unfortunately, when he came back, though, he kind of fell into that that same, um, like, bad yeah. scene. Um he went to college, but he like he couldn't afford to eat. He couldn't afford to 
pay his tuition. So he started selling um, what he called nutcracker, or what I guess like the community called nutcrackers, which is like half rum, half um, Hawaiian punch. Like, <laughs> <laughs> And so he would just like, he started selling this and then he started selling drugs and he was just really addicted to that fast lifestyle where he would just like quickly get money, quickly lose money, quickly mm-hmm. get money, that like hit of serotonin. But problematically and poor, like unfortunately he started taking the drugs that he was selling. Um, so he got kicked out of college and just felt lost. And so he he says in this interview that in 2008, when he watched Obama win, um, 2007, 2008, he was like, wait, black men can win? Like, we can get ahead? And so for, like, he watched his whole life and his whole, like, you know, intergenerational experience is that, like, black men and women are marginalized brutalized like disenfranchised like he didn't get it get a chance so when he saw that obama won he's like wait a minute can i can i do this so he it just really sparked something in him um and so he moved to louisiana where his mom had recently moved to as well and he started working in like shitty low-paying jobs in the food industry but he at this like shitty job he met somebody who for like three three weeks of three weeks of the month somebody yeah three weeks of the month he worked on an oil rig and then for one week he worked in the food industry to just keep himself busy and he was talking to this guy and he's like an oil rig like what the hell is that and he's like yeah actually we're cleaning up the deep water horizon oil spill hmm. <laughs> Imagine. and so he's like well how much are you getting paid and he's like i don't like 1900 bucks a month and he's like okay yeah oh you know i really need to like i should i should cook for these people these like heroes of america and the guy's <laughs> like yeah yeah okay <laughs> Um, so he got hired to work in the kitchen of this oil rig and, but you know, he says like, it was just like a bunch of backwater Caucasians (laughs) working in the kitchen. So he's experiencing a ton of racism. Like the head chef was like, Oh, do you know how to read? And he's like, are you fucking kidding me? He's like, yeah, Yeah. I've just experienced a lot of guys who don't know how to read. Like a lot of guys like you who don't know how to read. Uh, and so he was like, all right, I'm going to get fired after three weeks. Like, I've got to put my head down. I'll make my food. He'll make his food. I'm just going to get fired. Like, I know it. I'm going to say something. Something I can't handle this guy. So he put his head down and he started making the food of his childhood. Like, what his mom taught him how to make. So red beans and rice, um, gumbo, and shrimp etouffee. And so, but the people, these black backwater Caucasians were like, what is that smell? That smells like home. <laughs> what is, that is this? Seasoning? Need... Is that <laughs> So they basically so he had like a week off and he's like, I'm not gonna get called back. He did get called back and when he got back, he saw that that head chef was fired. So they wanted Fuck his yeah. food and not <laughs> Yeah. Right? So he like got a he got a win and it's really and it really like he felt like he had something special to offer. So he went back to New York City, um, started like, you know, working in, in restaurant jobs. Um he actually was on Top Chef, season 13 of Top Chef. Um, and then he opened a few restaurants in D.C., um, one of which was called Shaw Bijou. I, I, but a lot of critics went to the restaurant and was like, is the food really worth the price? Because it was very high. It was mm-hmm. a, a really um, expensive meal. And so he lowered the prices, but the investors dropped out, unfortunately. So in 2017, though, he was hired to open a restaurant in the Intercontinental um, Waterfront in D.C., and he named it Kith and Kin, so family and uh, friends and family is the origin of that. Um, serving Afro Caribbean cu- cuisine, Kith and Kin was one of the best new restaurants in America. Um, Food and Wine uh, named him best new chefs in 2019. He published a memoir, Notes from a Young Black Chef, um, and that's where a lot of my data is coming from. My my mm-hmm. quotes are coming from. Um, 
but basically in recently in 2020 he left kith and kin because he wanted to create his own restaurant that was like a hundred percent his own um because you know intercontinental owned it um he won a james beard award as well but basically he's just like he's working on his he's working on creating a name for himself which he has he's a very talented chef his food is afro-caribbean he can do both like tweezer food and both ugly delicious you know that kind of like juxtaposition um i think kith and kin is basically divided into like you can do small or not small plates you can do like um what's the word like elevated or like (laughs) once an episode so so the the quote on your shirt is just going to be you just gesturing gesturing in an audio (laughs) environment (laughs) and never oh man i wish just gestures wildly yeah (laughs) I just Take want to splice all the video together of you just <laughs> doing finger fireworks or whatever it is that you're doing. <laughs> well, anyway, anyway, he's a cool guy. I really like his shit. I like, I think he just, like, his Kith and Kin restaurant menu looked incredible. Um, and so I really am, I like Cajun cuisine mm-hmm. a lot. Like, yep. I really like, oh, let me, um. Can I be a linguist for a second and tell you where Cajun comes from? Okay. Um, So uh, this is one of my favorite things that I teach when I'm teaching, like, history of English. So Cajun actually comes from the word Arcadian, Hmm. which is, like, uh, an area in Canada. Arcadian. They would say, like, Arcadian. Yeah. So um, they're an ethnic group. They would so the Cajuns are considered an ethnic group living in the U.S. in Louisiana and Texas, Um, but they're descendants of Canadian maritime um, like merchants who were in, like, French Canada, Arcadia, and then came down to do, like, fur trapping or whatever, like, other merchant stuff. Um, Do you eat a lot of, like, Cajun food? Do you cook a lot of it? No. um, I mean, I I will use um, some Cajun spices in in some things, um, but I I don't cook a huge amount um, of it, mainly because... Uh, my family doesn't really like it as much as I do. And mm. so since I tend to just try and gravitate towards recipes that, you know, we're all going to be able to eat and enjoy, um, I, I don't as much, which is a shame because I, I do also really, really love it. I mean, you know, New Orleans is a great food city. and oh, I've um, never been. Yeah, uh, so, some of the some of the best meals I think I've had have, have been there. Um, so, and the food itself is just... It's delicious. It, it's it's comforting. It, it's the definition of etouffee was interesting to me because um, it is, you know, kind of like warm and enveloping and smothering in a good way. Right. Yeah. Um, and and so both in terms of just how the dish kind of looks and, you know, uh, it's it makes sense, but also just how it makes you feel, I feel like is, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, it definitely fits. And so, and again, in a very, very positive way as, as opposed yeah. to the negative definitions of suffocating and smothering. That. No, but it's like, it's like stick to your ribs. It's like, yeah. It's comfort just, food, right? It's comfort food. Yeah. It's delicious. Yeah. And it's so filling and it's really, it's really remarkable. So I, this, this recipe, so it's from Splendid Table. It's excerpted from the, the memoir, um, no, it's from a young black chef. But basically, it is, okay, butter, okay, butter, flour, to make a roux. One medium onion, small diced. Two large ribs of celery, small diced. One large green pepper, small diced. Five cloves of garlic, 
coarsely chopped. <laughs> one tablespoon Cajun spice, one bay leaf, four sprigs thyme, one quart shrimp stock, two pounds shrimp, peeled and deveined, salt. And then the directions are, in a large heavy-bottomed pot, melt the butter over medium-high heat until foaming. Add the flour, reduce, reduce to... Reduce, reduce, yeah, reduce, reduce heat to medium low and whisk into a smooth paste until a blonde roux forms approximately two to three minutes. Welcome to the conversation about a roux. Roux is just flour and <laughs> butter. Yeah. Um, and blonde is very subjective, but I took it to my kind of blonde, which is a more of a dirty blonde, <laughs> uh, but you could take it to a lighter, whatever. <laughs> the the darker your blonde, the nuttier it's gonna be, mm. and the darker your etouffee is gonna be. Um, add the, the onion, celery. The pepper. darker your blonde, the nuttier it's it's gonna be. Oh yeah. Can, can that be your quote? <laughs> <laughs> the darker the blonde, the nuttier your, your etouffee. Um, add the onion, celery, pepper, and garlic, and stir until vegetables have softened approximately six minutes. Love the love this. Add Cajun spice, bay leaf, and thyme. Cook for one minute. Okay, so you're like adding it to a dry. Mm-hmm. Ish, kind of, or like a a glue yeah. glue. Um, add shrimp stock in thirds and simmer. So add shrimp stock, one third, stir it. Mm-hmm. Another third, stir it, and a third, a third, yeah. third, stir it. Don't just and dump then it all simmer in that. that. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll and see, especially add, in that first third, you'll see it. You know, kind of quickly, kind of get absorbed and cook down. Really. Right. Yeah, so. Isn't that kind of cool? Like the yeah. chemistry behind it was really fun. Yeah. The roux. So like, you make the roux, you add your veggies, and then it's immediately like. This doesn't look good. <laughs> You're like, like it's like we're coated thirsty. and we, yeah, we're thirsty. We need liquid, and then you add that first like shrimp stock, and you're like, oh damn, like this is this is gonna be gloopy, and then you keep adding it. And you're like, oh, this is this this is like mm-hmm. a, a sauce. It's yeah. really cool, and then you basically add shrimp to the stock and cook for three minutes. Be careful not to overcook the shrimp. I cooked it a little bit longer. I don't like. I definitely did like five. Uh. Um, <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. Add, um, season to taste with salt and serve with rice. So, yeah, like there's really not much to it. This is probably one of the easiest, I would say easiest, maybe. I, I, what, I think it is the, the easiest. easiest. Yeah, I, I the think easiest. it has to be the easiest because it's, you know, I think the galette was our standard for easiest, but this is right. easier, you know. No, I mean, this is way, yeah, you need one pot, you need one knife. Yeah. And. Um, the only thing that was tricky for us, we wanted to make our own shrimp stock because hashtag bougie. Yeah. So like we, instead of using fish stock, we just made our own shrimp stock. So what we did was, um, we just added aromatic. So like onion chopped, don't, mm-hmm. don't peel it. Garlic chopped, don't peel it. Carrots chopped, don't peel it. Celery chopped, don't peel it. You don't peel it. <laughs> don't worry about it. And then, <laughs> um, all that peeled celery. <laughs> I don't know. Don't worry about it. And, but we took that, we, we got peeled shrimp. We got unpeeled shrimp we got like got it with the little like feet on it mm-hmm. so we took the the um shells off and put that in the shrimp stock and simmered that for a while yeah um so we made shrimp stock ourselves but anyway it was it was totally delicious and i'm sure you can buy it um so I, i'm not sure if you can easily get shrimp stock uh yeah. fish stock which is actually what i ended up using is um is is pretty easy one challenge with uh, going food shopping at 6 a.m. in the morning is that the fishmonger isn't up yet, you know. And so uh, at where where I was at, basically the the entire like fish section was just here's what we have in frozen, and you know we don't have anything anything else. Um, oh, I'm sure that's fine. So, though. well, it's completely fine. I mean, so yeah. frozen frozen shrimp, frozen fish, 
uh, is something that I feel like a lot of people have a, you know, kind of a mental block uh, mm-hmm. uh, against, you know, or they think that it's not going to be as good. But I, I highly recommend it. And actually, it was Alton Brown who, you know, first kind of got me on this bandwagon because I was watching, um, it was probably Good Eats, uh, you know, way back when. And he specifically commented about, you know, Frozen is, is great. It's, it's, it's typically cheaper. You can always have it on hand. I always have bags of frozen shrimp on hand mm. because to me, shrimp is one of the easiest uh, and most versatile pieces of food that you can have on hand. You can do so many quick, quick things with it too, which is really nice because when it you know says don't overcook because it you know can cook in three minutes. I mean that's that's spot on, right? And right. I mean you and it tells you when it's done. That that's the other beautiful yeah, thing about working with shrimp is just like. You know, that that color change is basically just telling you exactly either when to flip it or, you know, when we're completely done. Mm-hmm. And, and so um, peel, peeling and deveining is not that big of a deal. And again, both of those things combined or either one of those things also make it much cheaper. Uh, so, yeah. So definitely a, another positive there. But this was such a cheap meal. What oh, do my you God. Ha- there's, and, and I guess the only thing that was kind of like random ingredient alert was Cajun seasoning. But yeah. it's really we, you can literally just buy Cajun seasoning, or you can make it yourself yeah. with the stuff you have in your pantry. Yeah. So yeah. odds are you have everything kind of on hand. Yeah. So so here are the things that are in Cajun seasoning. If you don't have it, it's paprika, pro- preferably like smoked for that kind of like smoky. <laughs> Salt, garlic powder, uh, black pepper, white pepper. That's the only thing I, I don't yeah, normally have, but it's whatever. Just use black pepper. Onion powder, dried oregano, cayenne, thyme. And instead of cayenne, sometimes it's red pepper flakes. But generally, it's not very spicy. It's just, like, warm. So that paprika gives you kind of, like, a warmth um, Mm -hmm. in the food. The cayenne seasoning that I had – or, sorry, the Cajun seasoning that I had for the gumbo was actually pretty um, low in terms of paprika level. So, like, Ben tasted it as we were cooking, and we were like, oh, wait, this needs something. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I kind of want to add cayenne. And he's like – Let's add pepper because, you know, we're dealing with like four different people, four different like spice levels. And he's like, let's add more paprika. We added more smoked paprika and it just like was perfect. Nice. Bunch of salt at the end. Um, but it really didn't need much. And it was awesome. Yeah. I garnished it with scallions to be cute, like the picture that he had on <laughs> the on the Splendid Table page. And it was just, I know it's funny. It's like I didn't have any anecdotes about like the oven not working. I you know, you're working in the in the the crock or not the crock pot. What's it called? Dutch the oven. like Dutch oven. Yeah. yeah, and it's just like you're working one pot, one knife. I love dicing. Oh my yeah, god, I love yeah. dicing so much. Yeah, Especially nothing like when, a sharp knife. <laughs> when you have a super sharp, fancy knife, yeah. Yeah, uh, it, I love it. It's so easy. Um, the end result is is delightful. It's great comfort food. I highly, highly recommend um, making a rice with it. I actually yes. So I, I during the preview. Uh, last episode, I, I was like, oh, I'm, I want to, like, do this kind of all out. And, and so I had some, like, New Orleans jazz going uh, while I was cooking. Oh, yeah. And I made dirty rice. Now, I did not do, like, the traditional, um, like, either chicken, you know, gizzards or andouille sausage or anything like that. I actually did, like, a yeah. vegetarian version of the dirty rice just because I felt nice. like that would be more uh, palatable for the family. Um, unfortunately, yeah. they didn't they didn't enjoy it as much as I did, the dirty rice. Hmm. Um so, uh, and it was, it was good. I mean, it, it was a very nice compliment to, to the shrimp, um, especially just with, when you get that sauce kind of all, all up in there, but, yeah. um, etouffee when you etouffee your rice. <laughs> exactly. And so, but it, I mean, it to me was, 
was perfect. I mean, it, it yeah. is just a nice little comfort food um, that's so easy to make. Feels, you know, kind of next level when you're when you're mm-hmm. cooking, you know, um, and really is definitely something that I think would be a great thing to kind of serve, you know, like kind of like you did for, you know, a, a larger family meal or, yeah. or something like that, because um, it's just it's great just to kind of spoon that out. And, and again, get some some rice or something in there because that's it makes it even better. Yeah, I think that like my family even said my mom was like, will I add this to my my weekly rotation? Probably not. But mm-hmm. would I serve this for a, like a dinner party in the future times? Absolutely. Yeah. Like it's something that is so easily scalable, something that is so fast and really high reward. Um, you know, um, we'll, when Ben joins us for the cocktail hour, <laughs> happy <laughs> hour, um, we'll have his his feedback, too. But um he prefers other other like dishes from Cajun Cajun flavors. He lo- also loves New Orleans, so yeah. Um, okay, do you want to do your fear rating super fast? Yeah, yeah. Not super Look, fast. Yeah, don't rush do me. Do you want to do, uh, <laughs> do, do your fear rating? <laughs> yeah, yeah, just get through it. Um, yeah, so I, I in mean, flavor, just uh, I think it's it's fantastic. Um, I I definitely really really like it. Uh, I is it the absolute best thing that I've I've eaten? No, um, but it's very, 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 very good. So I have yeah. it as a 4.5 for, for flavor. Yeah. Um, and also just I really want to emphasize just how kind of like silky and delightful it. What's the phrase I'm looking for? Is it, <laughs> I think there's a luscious mouthfeel when you're when you're eating this. And 100%. yeah. And the the texture uh, is is perfect, you know, and mm-hmm. so um it just really, I mean, every bite just, you know, with, with shrimp and, and the sauce. And again, if you have like rice or, or rice and beans or something, um, it's, it's just great. It's just really kind of a, a really nice experience. So ease, <laughs> I mean, this is, again, I think the easiest recipe that we've made. Yeah. Uh, it is a, a five. It's, it is to me a perfect recipe to cook because, you know, you're basically just using some, some basic knife skills and, you know, it's not a huge amount that you're chopping. You know, you're you're just just kind of doing three different ingredients basically. Right. Everything else is just throw it in there. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's it's so 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 easy. Um, the yeah. approachability I, I just have as a four point five because of a couple of things that we noted that you might not have you know Cajun spice on hand. Right. If you if you don't, you probably have all the ingredients though to to make it. Um, you might not have you know, fish stock or shrimp stock readily available. But if you don't, you can make it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and and again, I, I think that people should always have shrimp, frozen shrimp kind of in their freezer. But yeah. I understand if, you know, if, if you're like me and you, you want to get want to get fresh for the um, the recipe, if you go shopping, maybe, you know, they're out or they don't, you know, they don't have fresh uh, shrimp available. So that's just kind of, that all tallied up to a half point uh, reduction. So... <laughs> repeatability so personally i have it as a five and i think i think your mom nailed it in that would i make this all the time you know just kind of like as a weekly rotation thing no you know right. but for a a larger like family meal kind of gathering i think yeah. this is absolutely absolutely perfect to make um i have a little bit of an asterisk next next to my five in our little score chart because would I make this again for my family? 
is is probably a, a one or two. Right. Um, and that's purely because of their palates and their preferences and everything. Um, they they liked it. I mean, they, they liked the shrimp. I, I mentioned they didn't, you know, like the dirty rice as much. Um, but just generally, Cajun is, is not really their, either of their things, um, mm. which is, is fine, you know, but it, it definitely means that I, you know, I won't cook it as much. And so, yeah. uh, you know, if I were cooking just for like you, Ben, and, and myself, this right. would be perfectly to serve. You know, but if I'm cooking for the three of us, um, me and my family, it's, you know, I'm, I'm probably not going to make it again because I just feel like it's almost wasted on them, you know? Yeah. So if I did. If they don't like it, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I was just going to say, so what I did was I, since I, I kind of knew that in advance that it might not be their thing. Um, so I saved um, a bunch of basically the sauce, you know, that, that I used. And so there's no shrimp left in it. Because, you know, that's something that doesn't really reheat, uh, you know, very well. Yeah. Um, but I save the sauce and I will basically just use that and put some new fresh shrimp into that and cook it Perfect. when I heat it up. Uh, so I can have like a, a second meal of this, um, you know, myself probably later today. So, um, so yeah, awesome. all, all total, that's a, a 19 out of 20 for just for me. So. That's awesome. I think I, and I have a very similar rating. So like for me, flavor was four. I, I mean, I just didn't dock it a half point. Like I, <laughs> I, I think for me, I, so like texturally, I sometimes get a little like squicked out by like the luscious mouthfeel. Like I yeah. didn't love. I was, was curious I how you were going to feel about the texture. Yeah. So I love, I like, okay. I like clam chowder. Chowder. I like gravy. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the etouffee fell a little past gravy in terms of lusciousness in terms of like viscosity so i i liked it i liked i liked it but i needed i needed to be with a bite of shrimp and with a bite of rice like i couldn't just like take a spoonful of the etouffee like sauce and eat it like that i yeah no i get that. that So I definitely needed to bite with it. And that's the only reason why I docked at one point. I thought the flavors were great. I'm so glad that Ben added the extra paprika because we were really lacking something. But that's not a that's not a fault of the recipe. That's a fault of the Cajun seasoning. So I Yeah, that's just a spice that you have. Do it to taste. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, ease five. I thought that that was all super easy, super duper easy. We've talked about why. I'm um, approachability five, but I think maybe four because we talked about the fish stock and like I made my own shrimp stock. Like I thought the reason I said five was because everything was kind of in my in my house. Um, but whatever, five or four. <laughs> um, and then repeatability, four, so 4. I said 4.5 possibly. 4.5, 4.5, 4.5. Repeatability, I said four because, um, I, again, like agree that not, I don't want to put, it's not that I don't want to put this in my weekly rotation for, um, the difficultness, like difficultness, difficulty. It's like, we didn't put beef bourguignon. We said beef bourguignon was a weekend, like special occasion thing mm-hmm. because it was time consuming. This isn't. Yeah. It's not the same metric. I don't mind making this. I just think that for me, it would kind of be better for a larger event, like a larger scale it up, um, feed more people. And there's just, I think there's like other things I would cook in my weekly rotation. The other thing I wanted to talk about. So we were, we, last week we were kind of highlighting this idea is, um, so we're going to pivot now and talk about our drink pairing because okay we've got the fat from the butter from the roux we've got okay let's me start over we've got the salt from salt and the fishies and Mm -hmm. the shrimp that's salty fat we've got 
fat from the um, butter in the roux. Acid, we don't really have except for maybe from the peppers and the celery. Like, there's no acid. And then heat we have from the cayenne or the red pepper flakes in the Cajun seasoning. And the and the paprika, kind of like a warm, smoky heat. So this acidity was the thing that was really lacking for me. And I ended up adding a squeeze of lemon to the shrimp stock because I was, like, really missing that kind mm -hmm. of flavor. Um, but so I added that before I added it to the, to the, the ingredients. Um, but, um, Ben came up with this or found an incredible cocktail that just like is, I think like the perfect pairing for it because it yeah. is so acidic. It cuts through everything. So I'm going to call him in and get him to talk about that. Cause he has like such a great perspective on that. Are you ready for that? Oh, um, am I, am I ready to talk with Ben? Yeah, I'm always, I'm always. Are you ready. ready for? Are you ready for our worlds to collide? Where you're not going to be talking to Ben about video games. You're going to be talking to him or board games. You're going to be talking to him about food, which is our. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But but you and I talk about like board games and stuff. So now you and I have to talk about video games, and and then Good. we'll, um, yeah, everything will be perfect. <laughs> hey Ben. Hey. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Welcome to the Stude. Excited yes. to finally be here. I was just saying before you got on that um, Dave and I, Dave has to get like used to talking to you about food and not video games. So now, I, and then he's like, well, you have to start talking about video games now. And I'm like, yeah, you shouldn't have invited me. This is going to slowly morph into a video game podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's be perfect, is there so. food in Hades or Monster Train? Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's like Nectar and, and the Gods and stuff. Yeah, there's Maybe lots we of can do like. <laughs> you just opened a door. You should yep. have done that. <laughs> okay. So why are you here today? Well, I'm here because you told me you'd like to have a cocktail pairing with yeah. your shrimp etouffee. Yeah. And so you enlisted my services. Why are a... you, Why? what makes you, what's the word? Qualified. Qualified. Uh, well, I bartended in college and since then have kept my skills up uh, at family gatherings when my mother says, Ben, make me a cocktail. Well, also your <laughs> mother's. Your mother said, "Ben, make her a cocktail," and that's how we met. That's true. Yeah. So we were at a we were at a Kentucky Derby party, and his mom like his mom was there, and <laughs> she goes, "Make her a mint julep," because I was like struggling at the mint julep bar. The rest <laughs> is history. Um, so I was trying to come up with like a jingle for the cocktail corner, but all I could do is ba da ba 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 cocktail corner. <laughs> that's not right. All right, Ben's got notes. He's very cute. He's very studious. No, I, no, I love it. Because I, I, I mean, having had the drink, I also have notes. Mine are mental notes. You but, do? Yeah. Oh, my God. Mine was just, yes. <laughs> More. Drinking. More. <laughs> Another, please. Another. Mm -hmm. Okay, start talking. Um, yeah, so you asked me to help with the cocktail, which sounded fun. Um, and so, you know, uh, I tried to, wanted to do something on theme, uh, eating the shrimp etouffee. And... Um, so I want to start also with the fear scale, yeah. that great scale that you guys have. Oh yeah, time out. Um, it's very very smart. He he created he yeah, created yeah. the fear scale. Everyone, let's just we'll just put it we'll just acknowledge it. I How's think the you saying were credited go? with it. I he definitely credited I, I, him, but I yeah. feel like since he's here, I have to be like, oh Ben, thank you so much. All of our <laughs> podcasts. Yeah. 
are due to you, all of our success. Well, how's the saying <laughs> exactly. going? Like, behind every successful podcast is a supportive spouse? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so, with cocktails, I thought um, accessibility is kind of the biggest hurdle because, uh, oh, look at me, I'm doing your hand motions now. I know. <laughs> I know. It's been great. Um, and, like, with food recipes, Usually you can control the quantities of what you buy to be specific for that recipe. Yeah. And the things that you do have left over, such as spices or flour, things like that, you can reuse in other recipes pretty milk easily. Milk powder. Um, yeah, unless right. it's milk meal. powder. Exactly. <laughs> juniper berry. Well, yeah. okay. So there's a few, but... No, no, but, but juniper berry. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's, no, it's that's exactly That's one right. of the things that we... Yeah, that and, we kind And of... also, usually those ingredients are cheaper, whereas right. if I tell you to go out and buy you know, a bottle of Framboise or right. uh, Frangelico, you know, you're going to drop $25 on a bottle of liquor or liqueur that's just going to sit in your cabinet right. and not get used. Mm-hmm. So I decided that rather than where I wanted to start was with highlighting a specific uh, spirit that I like a lot. Right. Um, something that I think is a quality spirit that you'll go back to for whether it's sipping by itself or other cocktails. Um, so you know, that was one, one part of where I started. And the other was, again, trying to come up with a flavor profile that matched the food. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, shrimp etouffee made me think of New Orleans, made me think of Hurricanes, Patty O'Brien's famous cocktail. Um, but those have dark rum, light rum, and um, passion fruit syrup, which we know from past experience <laughs> is not easy yeah. to find. Um, dark rum, you know, those types of rums, there's nothing special about them. And, you know, for me, um, I was kind of burned out on rum for a long time. Uh, as many people, I think many people are with rum. Um, you know, I had one too many rum and Cokes in college oh. and that's kind of one of those flavor profiles. It's hard to get unstuck from your head mm-hmm. with rum. Um, but I did discover a rum that I really like a lot called Diplomatico Reserva Exclusiva. Um, it's a Venezuelan rum. And I had it for the first time in Venezuela when I was there for work a few years ago. Um, a friend introduced me to it, and I thought it was amazing just to sip on by itself. Um, so I thought, okay, well, I'm going to start with this amazing rum that I think that is a good way to get people into rum because right. it, it's so delicious by mm-hmm. itself, and then build from there. Um, so I kind of just searched on the internet, tried to find some um, cocktails that use this Diplomatico rum, um, their website for the distillery has a lot of options. Um, but I ended up settling on, uh, I, I found a recipe on a blog or magazine website called Foodism. The cocktail was named the um, Diplomatico's uh, Ensemble, hmm. which... Uh, Had you ever heard of that before? No, it's, like- I mean... It was created by uh, a bartender from um, a bar called Bramble Bar in Edinburgh. Oh my God! What a yeah, random. So I, but I, I think what's crazy too. Oh, also, ha- hashtag not sponsored. Diplomatico yeah. is not sponsored. No. Okay, <laughs> this is just we're just fans. We're but if just, they want to um, send us cases of it. Oh my God! Can you imagine? Yeah. Just a little it. bit more about the Diplomatico rum, just yeah. because again, that's kind of one of what I want to highlight. Um, it's an aged rum, and what that means is they mix. Um, it's actually a blended rum where they mix new rum out of the distill with rum that's aged up to 12 years mm. in whiskey and bourbon barrels. No way. Yeah. And so it gets a really nice caramely vanilla flavor yeah. to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I really recommend 
you know, outside of this cocktail we're about to discuss, um, you can make a, uh, an old fashioned with it. It's really delicious. Uh, and you know, any classic cocktail where you usually have a whiskey, you can try yeah. substituting it. And it used to be pretty hard to find in the U S but I don't, Dave, did you have any issues finding it? Uh, I mean, so ABC liquor stores, which are, you know, what we have to use in Virginia, um, they, they carry it. And, uh, the one closest to me was out of stock, but the one second closest to me, which is a difference of like a couple blocks, um, yeah. you know, they had it and they had a, a whole bunch of them when I went. So yeah, it was, how much really, was it? Uh, it was on sale for, I believe, uh, like forty one ninety nine or thirty nine ninety nine, oh, wow. something like that. Okay, yeah. Most usually I see it for between thirty five and forty five. Okay, perfect. So, so this not... is not cost prohibitive. This is no. just something nope. to. Yeah, okay. and it is a very good just sipping rum. Yeah. Um, so the recipe um, is citrus. It's got orange, orange and lemon in it. Um, so, so you start by muddling uh, orange and lemon slices together with sugar in a cocktail shaker. And then you add uh, one shop, shot, shop, one <laughs> shot of uh, Diplomatico and a third of a shot of Campari liqueur. Mm. Um, for those not familiar, uh, most people have probably heard of Campari. It's it's a Italian bitter liqueur, um, and it's very versatile as why as well, which is why I was okay with this cocktail. Again, I don't want to make people go out and buy a bunch of things they're not going to use. Right. But Campari is great with, you know, you can even just add it to orange juice and it's a great um, brunch I cocktail. eat what my mom does. Um, so, <laughs> That's why we had it. Nice. So you add that uh, together with the, the juice and sugar. Um, you shake it up uh, with ice and then you strain it um, into a glass filled with ice. Uh, and then you top it with uh, ginger beer or ginger, ginger ale. The recipe calls for ginger ale, but we used yeah. ginger beer, which I thought was a, a good touch. I like ginger beer yeah. better. Um, so... You know, it. A few notes. I, you know, I already said uh, Campari uh, is a great liqueur to have on hand. You could also use Aperol, which has a very similar uh, flavor profile. Um, the type of sugar you used, uh, it used. It said to use Demerara. Demerara. Demerara sugar. Um, it, it doesn't really matter. That's I, like raw sugar that they use in in the UK, which is, makes sense because it's from Edinburgh. Right. So like, um, doesn't matter. We used powdered sugar. We used powdered sugar we once and then granulated gran- sugar yeah. the second time. It was fine. Um, and then I think one important part, though, the... It, oh, interesting. Was there any difference between those two? I actually liked it with the powdered sugar, I think, a little bit better. It's no grit. Yeah. It, um, it dissolved really easily. I didn't have to worry about it, you know, shaking it as much. Um, and then <laughs> it, t- it talks about fine straining it because you don't want to get that pulp from the fruit in your cocktail. So um, when you're pouring it, you just hold a sieve below uh, and then... You know, it's pretty slow. I don't know if you had this experience. It's pretty slow to come out with, uh, come out of the, the shaker because of the amount of uh, fruit co- uh, content inside. So you have to shake it quite a bit to get it to come out. And then I filled a double rocks glass about uh, three quarters away full mm-hmm. uh, with the fruit juice and, and liquor and then just topped it from there. Cool. On top. Yeah. I mean, I message you guys in kind of real time as I, because right. I, I made it the night before to try it out, you know, because I was like, I got to try it, you know, see how, see how this is. Um, and, and pretty much like that first one goes down so quickly because it, it it's just kind of like a juice almost. I mean, the, the hurricane uh, target, you know, is, I, I feel like, yeah. you know, pretty, pretty close because um, this very much feels like a New Orleans, New Orleans style, like you know, Bourbon Street, French Quarter type um, drink that you would get. So it was great. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think one thing I really like about it is, you know, I'm I'm usually someone who doesn't like very sweet cocktails. Um, the Hurricane itself, for example, you know, if you go to Patty O'Brien's, like, I don't know, I just think it's a very sweet. I can't have more than one of them. Right. And um, I think with this, yeah. that um, Campari adds a nice bitter mm-hmm. um, uh, bitterness to it that cuts the sweet. That, that's really delicious. So the chef that we're talking about today, Kwame Anwachi, he um, actually like started when he was kind of young and, and looking for like quick money. He was, you know, he sold he sold drugs and had kind of a, a tough upbringing um, and tough story before he got into the culinary world. But he actually sold these drinks out of like plastic bottles called nutcrackers which was half rum half hawaiian punch Hmm. and so this is kind of like the like (laughs) grown-up bougie version of (laughs) of that where it's basically like you know you're it's kind of funny i i just made that connection like i didn't i didn't think about it um oh when you said it earlier yeah uh, I was just like, oh, yeah. I was like, we basically serve like the nicer version of that. So Okay, so tell me your fear rating. <laughs> so, yeah, fear rating. Uh, flavor, I gave it a five. Um, if I could have given it a six, I would have. Yeah. This is probably um, my favorite cocktail I've made in years. Um, you know, definitely this year. Yeah. Um, and I think it's, you know, of the four of us, you, me, uh, uh, your mother and stepfather, all four of us loved it. Yeah. So um, it was, you know, very good. Not overly sweet. Uh, ease, I gave it a four. Um, it's not particularly hard to make. It's just if you're not used to making cocktails, I think cocktail shakers can be kind of intimidating mm-hmm. sometimes. Um, but, you know, it's 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 very straightforward. The recipe is very short. Um, you know, I don't think that there's any difficulty here that somebody who's not used to making cocktails would not be able right. to do it. Accessibility, uh, I gave it a four as well. Um it's only because you have to buy, possibly buy two new spirits if you don't have both Diplomatico and Campari. Um, that's going to have a price tag somewhere around $55, $60. Um, and Diplomatico, you know, can be hard to find. You had to go to two liquor stores, Dave. Um, I recommend if people go to some of the larger chains, they should be able to find it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then repeatability is definitely a five. We've already for, done it. Yeah, we're going to. Maybe today. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's a 18 out of 20 overall. I, I really like this little cocktail corner. Oh, wait, we have to talk about our next episode. You talk about it. Uh, go for so it. for the next episode, we are very excited because we are going to do uh, a recipe from Bobby Flay, who I think most people are probably aware of, you know, probably um, hit the uh, kind of heyday of like food shows, food network, you know, popularity and everything. Um, hosting seemingly oh like God. 15 shows at once. Um, you know, so yeah. most people know him. And we are going to go for something a little bit more classic and something that he actually opened up an entire uh, chain of, of restaurants uh, around. And we're going to do his Crunch Burger. So uh, Bobby Flay opened up uh, Bobby's Burger Palace. And uh, one of the, the, the main, you know, key uh, menu item there is the, is the Crunch Burger. So we're going to dive so what, into that. What makes it crunchy? You're going to have to tune in to find out. <laughs> I'm just going to give away everything for free. What is this? What is this? <laughs> free free podcast? What free is podcast. that? Come on. <laughs> um, awesome. Cool. Well, yeah, we'll have to make those in, in Kentucky. That'll be really fun. Um, what, where is the restaurant? Uh, so there's there's a few. What there, and There's one in D.C. on K Street. Oh. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, I, so I've been there once or twice. Um, but there's actually, uh, it's 
I was looking at the list of where the they're located, and it's a lot of like uh, casinos just kind of around the the country, you know. Um, yeah, just kind of kind of randomly. Um, and there's I think one other like random location that other than but DC was much more like kind of the outlier because it's not it's just its own like free standalone place. Maybe we can see if there's one somewhere on our drive to Kentucky, Actually, so we that's could smart. stop and try it. You mean like in DC? Uh, <laughs> We're going through Ohio, Pennsylvania and Ohio. I don't think. Uh, there, yeah, there might be one. There's got to be in casinos Pittsburgh. in Pennsylvania, right? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, thanks for joining us, Ben. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's so exciting. fun to have you. My worlds are colliding. I love it. <laughs> so uh, back to video games. So back to Hades. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or what are you guys playing now? Because I feel like an old, I feel like a parent where it's like, I heard that one video game that you played forever. So I'm like, that's all you play now, right? <laughs> so with um, like with Christmas and everything and all of these sales, what? I don't want to talk no, about it. You can't ask a question like that and then you say, yeah, no, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I ask a question. Yeah, if you want to edit this out, that's fine. But now you've opened the door. No, we're yeah. This is the bloopers. All right, everyone. Well, so thank now, you for ed- listening. So, oh, we might not have enough time in the podcast for all that recipe junk at the beginning. Maybe yeah, if exactly. we just do <laughs> cocktails and video games, we've got our podcast. Drunks and dragons. Oh, wait, that already exists. Damn it. That already exists. Dungeons and it's it's people get drunk and play Dungeons and Dragons. Whisker up up chow down. Up up Wizard, chow down. Wizards yeah. and whiskey. Wait, Basically, can we can we acknowledge up up chow down? That's pretty good. I mean, I'm 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 stealing because there's an up up down down. What about? Uh, but up up chow down is great. If you eat food. Yeah. And, that's really yeah. good. We need to come up with one that's just TM TM just TM. alcohol and. <laughs> Alcohol and video games. Alcohol, alcohol and video <laughs> games. Um, Wizards and whiskey is good. Um, how do I? Okay, wait. I know. I remember. Okay, friends. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Oh, don't forget to. We haven't talked about this in a while. Don't forget to send us your feedback um, to yes. uh, too many cooks pod at gmail.com. T W O many cooks pod at gmail.com. Or reach out to us on Twitter and Instagram at T W O many cooks pod. Um, I'm just on Instagram mostly, so just send a DM us there. That's where that's where most people are reaching out to me is on Instagram. So follow us on Instagram. That's where I am. Um, okay, cool. Well, um, yes. Okay, eat well, be well, <laughs> and don't forget to preheat your oven. <laughs>